eyeballs every time we do the show. True. <laughs> Who are you this time, Danny? Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook. I'm the master of ceremonies. You see how like level-headed and professional is? that was to do? Listen. Listen. They don't have to know what happens. No. I won't tell them. Oh, oh great. <laughs> so we... Explain where we've been. So we've been on holiday. The I'm past saying week. like everything is your fault. All yeah. Week. Where have we been, Danny? We've been on holiday the past week with Thanksgiving break. We are back in the studio today to talk about a 1970s yeah. classic. So we're gonna start, and we kind of we haven't really done it as much. Um, I mean, the theme for October was more just October. But yeah. what I want to start trying to do is see if we can do either, not like monthly themes, but just stretches of a specific theme. Mm-hmm. So like over a period of several episodes, not like as a series, but just like in a general, like this is the the shift, this, this you know, section. We'll do, you know, themes of different, you know, just ge- not like sub-genres within the genre. So like mm-hmm. we are beginning a mini coverage of uh, isolation and survival horror. Horror, yes. Uh, and with none other than the the most famous of that genre that probably started, that really put it out there, uh, Alien. Yes, Ridley Scott's Alien from 1979. Now, if you... I feel like you gotta know Alien, or at least have heard of it, or something to that effect. You at least know the iconic chestburster scene. Yeah, or, you, you know, know, even have heard of, like, the Predator, or, like, Alien versus Predator, or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that imagery, and a lot of, obviously, famous scenes. Like, it's like Terminator, and where, you know, once you watch this movie, you're like, oh, that's where a bunch of references come from. Um, so, Alien, the blurb. After a space merchant vessel receives an unknown transmission as a distress call, one of the crew is attacked by a mysterious life form, and they soon realize that its life cycle has merely begun. Bum, 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 bum! Man. Alien. Alien? Like, this is like a big one. <laughs> this is such an iconic thing to be taking on. Yeah, yeah. Because... And we're not prepared. No. <laughs> No, this isn't Halloween where we're going to spend four well, episodes yeah. talking about an iconic franchise. When I was, I, I just was talking to you that I feel like we don't necessarily have to do deep dives as much as we should. It's more of like getting to specifically spending more time on why it's good and why people and why should it's see it. Um, I think it's cool, especially for movies like this or Halloween, to have background stuff because that's half of what's mm-hmm. interesting. But, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll circle back someday on a more scholarly angle. Like, we'll yeah. cover more, you know, we'll be covering movies why they're good, and then some of the bigger ones we knew was, like, a big story behind, you know, we could come back and have, like, a scholarly episode or two. But, uh, like, yes. now, here is Alien. And we'll be even more professional. <laughs> but, I mean, this is... Alien is in, like, it's easily one of the most influential sci-fi movies that have ever of existed. Of all time. Um, and it's, it's so iconic, especially because it... Not only that it's a horror movie, and that like a lot of people probably didn't really expect it to be a horror movie or something mm-hmm. to that effect, it just it, it surprises you. Like it, it, you you start watching it, and you're like, I didn't really know this was a horror movie, and by that you're like, oh. Well, okay. and going off of that, this was the first horror movie to have toys marketed to children based on it. Oh, it started then. <laughs> yeah, that's where it all started with. Oh man. <laughs> because you know, 
Every kid wants his own little xenomorph yeah. action well, figure. There, you're correct. <laughs> but there was a period in the 80s where um, movies were sold to adults and children in that the movies were sold to the adults, but the toys were sold to children. Like yeah. RoboCop had a huge line of toys. Oh, that's right. Um, I can't think of a whole lot of them, but I know. I that mean, even Aliens had a huge. I mean, Aliens toy obviously. Slot. I mean, Jurassic Park's not rated R, but still, I mean, it's kind of a horrorish type of movie. Yeah. I would say Alien is in the same um, birth as Jurassic Park because I mean I feel like a lot more people have seen Jurassic Park. I would have pu- Alien. I would agree at least with of that. our general age range. I would agree with that. I think Alien is a little bit more of an intense Jurassic Park because it does go yeah. a little bit more into the horror element than Jurassic Park yeah. does. But I think that's a really good yeah. parallel. It's it's that sort of type movie where it's not really a horror movie. It's sci-fi, but the normal implications of sci-fi, you know, as a horror medium, kind of become more tangible mm-hmm. like it's not something like uh you know i wouldn't even classify i can't even really give it ai like horror movies but like yeah. you can more be afraid of a living breathing alien or dinosaur mm-hmm. you know and sci-fi horror is less alien and more monster yes you know even though this is an alien it's like this is a it's not it's like a martians like it's a it's a it's the perfect predator. It's, yeah, it's the perfect killing <laughs> like it, machine. It's, it's designed to spread, it's like to, to kill and to consume and to make more of itself. Yes. Um, and that's, they I mean, they kind of touch on that several times in the movie about why people are fascinated with it, is mm-hmm. that it's just this vessel of like pure survival instinct that doesn't ever stop it doesn't think it doesn't have morals it just survives yes and the way it survives is that it kills any living thing that it sees Mm -hmm. well and i think it's a big thing to note that in this movie the xenomorph alien is only in four minutes of the two hour long runtime. yes especially because this is the more you know we're gonna do a, a whole bonus episode about it but alien is the like Action movie spin-off franchise that comes off of a horror, horror movie. movie. And that seems to be the trend, and we'll, we'll be exploring that uh, over the next couple of months. Um, movies that have action elements that begin as more horror-centric or more thriller-centric or just a sci-fi fantasy type movie. I'm thinking of like mm-hmm. Underworld or Resident Evil. Yeah. Resident Evil maybe less so. But as those movies gain success, they make them more and more marketable as action movies as yes. opposed to horror movies. Um, and I think it, it, it'll be a cool comparison seeing action movie sequels versus normal horror movie sequels mm-hmm. is that it's just more of the same formula. Like yes. Blade, it's just more of Blade killing vampires. Like it, the story <laughs> is irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so Alien though, specifically. Um, first one, not an action movie. No, very much a true blue horror thriller. Yes, and classically it gets that way from just the tone of the story and the pace of the story. Yeah, it's got a it's got a really slow build at the beginning, yep. which I really enjoyed because like the first six minutes or so has absolutely no dialogue. Yeah, it's just things happening. Yeah, well, and a big thing I think for most people that got turned off of sci-fi is it's a bunch of people immediately spouting you know technical jargon or mm-hmm. this or that. This crew, they they're real people. They yeah. feel like neighbors and whatnot. And I mean the. the 
well, I kind of mentioned before, like it's the crew of a of a um, cargo ship, mm-hmm. and they're basically the space age equivalent of truckers. Yeah. So it's basically like the truest, bluest Americans, like on a spaceship, and you know they're following protocol, getting frustrated with their corporate bosses, you know, fighting, making up, working with each other, figuring out like there's struggles with um, authority, and um. Cool enough that uh, out of this handful of people on a crew, there's what, seven, eight of them? I think maybe six or seven. Six or seven, yeah. Two of them are women. Yes, and, and that wasn't originally No, planned. well, and I think that that was the thing is that um, Ridley Scott like chose gender-neutral names for everybody. Yes. Uh, on purpose. Mm-hmm. So that they not only could be played by whoever it was that was best for the role, but also... It shows that the characters, like, I mean, obviously most of them are men, and it's a very, very like, masculine, you know, job. Yes. I mean, trucking you know, normally is a male, or, you know, thought of job. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have women on their crew and to have and them, for them to be treated as equals and authority. And well, yes. the problem with her authority is not that she's a woman, it's that she's third in command to mm-hmm. two different people. Yeah. So, you know, the chain of command stuff becomes an issue. But never once is it really about her gender. No, never once. Well, and the other thing is, Alison Bechtel later developed the Bechtel test, mm-hmm. which is all about if two women are in a movie, if they have a conversation that is not about men. Mm-hmm. And when she created the test, she was like, the last movie I saw that I can think of passing is alien, alien proper yes because this movie just like you were saying does not take their gender into account no. whatsoever and i mean i that both that has both positive and negative things if you are like a feminist moviegoer um because on one hand you could say well that's great that they are being treated as equals but then it's on the other hand it's not so great because they should be celebrated in their femininity and not trying to be you know adhering to what like a male role would be it's like mm-hmm. they should be themselves but I think, um, at least now, for horror, it's a good step. That's a nice yeah, step. Especially in the late 70s. Yeah, and I mean, it's also a horror movie, so there's not as much you could do embracing with femininity that would differentiate from how a male would approach a situation, which is mm-hmm. the problem I'm having with more modern slashers, Yeah, is they're making the woman's... Uh, empowerment the weapon that she has to defeat this thing and i'm like really it should be your wit and you know situational weaknesses or something like that like if ripley beat this alien by um defying the stereotypes of the masculinity on the ship it would be a whole different movie but Mm -hmm. she beats it by being smarter than it's yes and i mean that's what the whole movie is is it's a team of you know Road tested, smart in their field. I mean, some of them are scientists. Yeah. Going, okay, this is our situation. This is what we got. What do we do? And they go around and they offer opinions. Everyone is given okay, the same amount of respect. You know, it's like, okay, well, I think we should seal off the, uh, the air vents. Like, okay, cool. Good idea. And, you know, they are all on each other's side because they're like, mm-hmm. we got to work together on this. And it's cool seeing that, especially in horror movies, because I feel like the draw or the, the, the push away for some people watching them casually is they're like, oh, they're so idiots. Like, I don't like watching if they're not making smart decisions. Yeah. And I think with this movie, they really are trying to do what's best. Because, like, when some kind of alien life form first shows up and mm-hmm. attaches itself to one of their crewmates, they're like, hey, we shouldn't let him on board. Well, and the, the problem is that it's a chain of command problem mm-hmm. where Ripley, who has stayed behind, who is third in command says that, okay, well, you're not bringing this thing on the ship, 
while you guys are outside. And the captain is outside and says, open the door. Mm -hmm. So it's like she feels at a crossroads because she's dealing with, like, well, I'm trying to keep the crew safe, but there's obviously something fishy going on. Which Mm -hmm. brings me to the other thing of... It's not really my favorite thing about the movie and about these movies in general. It was one of my later notes, so I'm, like, scrolling down to find it. But it was... The side plot, or like arguably the main plot in the story, mm-hmm. is this mystery of like what's going on with the company sponsor. Um, there's a lot of weird, you know, they, they, they're in a company vehicle essentially. Mm-hmm. So they can consult the company computer about like what they should do according to what would be good for their corporation. Yeah. So, you know, they ask a normal questions like, okay, well, could we, should we stop for this distress signal? And it's like, yeah, you should do that. To, like, okay, well, now we have an alien, how do we deal with it? And it's like, what are you talking about? No, there's no way. So, like, there's a lot of fishy behavior happening. Because mm-hmm. um, it seems that, like like you said, like, they deliberately break protocol, you know, and don't quarantine this alien life form they find. Yeah. So it's like the alien is secondary to this, like, weird corporate wooey-woo stuff going on where mm-hmm. they're, like, trying to harvest an alien life form specimen. And they're like, yeah, we don't really care how you get it as long as you get it here. We don't well, yeah, really care who dies. Yeah, they basically went, we care that the alien gets back here. Your we don't care if you... Don't co- yeah, we don't We don't really care. In fact, probably would have been terminated after the fact anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we kind of talked about like the natural crew. You know, I mean, they have conversations that are you would have with coworkers, with yeah. friends. You know, they're stuck on this you know ship for, I don't know, how many decades is to like get back time. but like they're in like hyper sleep and stuff and when they wake up to like you know check on the status of the ship and, and whatnot and, you know they're just like eating you know yeah, just chilling just meals together yeah. they're just hanging out when yeah. they have nothing else there which doing. really does speak to that like space trucker vibe mm-hmm. especially because their ship is i mean i'll get into it a little bit later but it's very dirty, lived in, and like mechanical. Oh yeah. Like it's it's literally its only function is just to you know haul whatever from wherever, mm-hmm. and they're just the people that have to supervise it. Yeah. So it's a lot of like you know, it's dirty and it's like wet and it's gross. Yeah, like the cooling systems are always dripping on. Yeah. Throughout. I guess this movie's yeah. very wet. I guess that, that's a good segue for the note <laughs> that I had. It was like, there's a lot of. Um, I mean, the whole set is a very, like, cold, mechanical vibe. It's very, um, like, when you think of, like, uh, like future punk stuff. It, yeah, it's very, like, industrial. It's very, like, industrial sort of thing. But it's mixed with a lot of organic undertones. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, you have, you know, dirty, like, burly, you know, trucker people next to this, like, cold exterior so you're mixing these two elements together mm-hmm. um you know it, especially because a lot of the water imagery like when you see like machinery getting wet it almost looks like it's alive yeah. so it, and a lot of this imagery if, if you have trouble understanding it um look up the work of uh, an artist called hr geiger g-e-i-g-e-r mm-hmm. um he's the inspiration for a lot of the visuals of this movie he basically invented the look of the xenomorph alien with a big weird looking head Mm -hmm. and his art was all about like techno organic you know dark well he was really excited to work on this movie because when ridley scott (laughs) um approached him for it he was using some of geiger's already made works he's like oh you want me for my art and you don't want me replicating someone yeah, else's. it's like, no, 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 I want you to do your weird nonsense. Yeah. I like that. So he probably it was works. like, wait, someone liked that? Like, sure, you can make a movie about it. 
Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, obviously that's a good segue to talk about the alien itself. I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of touched on it being this like highly advanced super predator, but I would say we, I should be talking about like the alien and its role in the story from like mm-hmm. conception with the face hugger to how it Execution. is as, as it's, you know, fully grown state. Mm-hmm. So like it's a typical sort of sci-fi space, you know, procedural sort of it's just people yeah. on, a, on a on a ship and you know obviously they receive this distress signal they go investigate but they start finding a lot of weird you know they find alien life forms they find dead alien life forms and they're like this is pretty weird you know mm-hmm. this whole area is kind of fucked it looks like this looks like a crash spaceship yeah because it's a down spaceship yeah that you know it's it's a and it's not from a human race mm-hmm. which is you know that imagery in itself is cr- pretty you know trippy yeah but in the basement or like the cargo hold of this crash spaceship is a multitude of these, again very like wet, organic, viscous covered eggs mm-hmm. that uh, contain a special surprise. Yes. Um, and by surprise, it's a uh, it's a weird looking hand spider thing. Yeah. That latches onto your face. And then wraps its yeah. tail around your neck so it won't let go. Yeah. So and these are called obviously face huggers. Yes. Which is the other big thing if if you've no alien imagery, it's that weird looking hand spider thing, you mm-hmm. know that that's on people's faces and uh, it. That's the first thing. That's the first alien the human sees. Like for mm-hmm. most of this movie, you're thinking, okay, well this is the alien. This is gonna be the thing. And you know when it lets John Hurt go mm-hmm. and he's fine, and then they just find that it's dead. They're like, all right. Guess that's over. Well, and when it's <laughs> attached to his face, he's John Hurt is still able to breathe, mm-hmm. which is the really weird thing. That like, why is this? Like, why is it keeping him alive? Like, what is mm-hmm. it doing? But they don't know because you know it's an alien. You're yeah. not sure where to start. You know, so they give this whole you know cool build up background. Everyone's kind of very cautious, so like. Okay, well, this isn't why we came here. We're not bringing this thing back. Like, mm-hmm. we should just leave it. You know, we don't know what's going on. So, you know, this whole building, you're like, okay, well, this is clearly what the movie's about. Well, this is an alien. And it's a super dangerous alien, too. Yeah. They, they try to pry it off him. It bleeds a little bit, and its blood starts getting yeah. through the whole of the ship. And then, you know, of course, that begins that problem of like, okay, well, now we have a crewmate that's in danger with an alien life form. You know, our ship might be compromised because the blood is acid that can mm-hmm. eat through, you know, the hull of the ship. So, like, these are, like, real situational problems that the crew is having to deal with, you know, as you would have to deal with, like, okay, if you worked at Starbucks and you were out of cups, like, well, fuck, how are we going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. You know, this is crazy. Um, although this is more of, like, if, like, a an on-fire crackhead came into your <laughs> shop and you're like, how the hell do we deal with it? He locked himself in the women's bathroom. What do we do now? That's more what they're dealing with. You know, being out of cups is like the, oh shit, like, you know, we're kind of running out of fuel, like there's a solar fuel. That's like normal stuff. That's in a manual. <laughs> this is not in a manual. No, one, no one's training for this. No one is training to, like, watch their friends start to, like, violently siege on the dinner table while a dick-shaped alien pops out of their chest. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's that iconic chestburster scene with John Hurt, which... I love that John Hurt went on to parody as himself yeah. in Spaceballs. Mel Brooks is like big middle finger, not really to, to like Star sci-fi Wars. or Star Wars specifically. But yeah, well, and I think it's really interesting that Star Wars, or A New Hope's introduction 
to sci-fi in 1977 was a huge advocate for helping yeah. Alien get made. Well, this is in the golden age of sci-fi. It's, you know, you got Star Wars, obviously. Uh, Star Trek is very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey is a huge, huge thing. Yes. Uh, what did you say that uh, Ridley Scott's inspirations were for this again? So yeah, Ridley Scott's bi- three big inspirations for this movie was uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which is just a beautiful blending of yeah. all that. You're like, you get the you know lived-in, space-faring imagery of Star Wars. You get this kind of unthinking, unfeeling Shadow Corporation you know AI subplot. And then you have the body horror of Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. Because this alien is all about, I mean, it, it like the Geiger, the Geiger stuff, it's all about making you afraid of biology. Yes. Um, like, Ridley Scott wanted to scare people on, like, the most human level. Like, this alien and everything about its species and biology and how it lives, reproduces, and eats and survives... Ridley Scott thought of. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's almost like they are dealing with a real live animal that, like, yeah. exists, that has its own, like, reasons for existing, evolution. Like, every single inch of that alien, Ridley Scott would be able to tell you why exactly it looked like that. Yes. Which is, like, it's it lends it to a lot of, this is a very natural thing, so it's very scary because... It doesn't look like anything we've ever seen before. Yeah. And it's so good at killing people. And it's like eight feet tall. Yeah, at its max, you know. And it grow and it grows with full size in about twelve in, minutes. Yeah. In like a half hour. Yeah. Like they are searching for the little hatchling as it pops out of John Hurt. And, you know, obviously they're like, okay, we have this technology, it's sort of like radar detects movement. Like they, they plan out everything. They don't just go looking for it, you know, like like, like an really, asshole. Really, yeah. Like, we gotta figure this out. And, of course, I mean, they don't find it immediately. It's a good 20 minutes until they find it. Yeah. And by that point, you have seen that it's grown from this tiny little thing, maybe two to three feet long, with this, like, complete, you know, tail extended. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd probably say about two feet long. You know, and, like, a flesh-covered, colored thing mm-hmm. to this onyx black, eight-and-a-half feet tall thing that's covered in spikes is drooling as a bunch of big teeth, a big sharp tail, its head's this long, oblong, semi-permeable thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any eyes. Which is creepy. And when it opens its mouth, it has a second tongue-like second mouth. That can just jut that out. Kills, it kills you with. Mm-hmm. So, fathoming that while it's standing in front of you, like, you can't fight that like yeah. what is this you, like you have no reference at all for how this thing looks at, and so you're sitting there f- terrified taking it all in while it just kills, kills you because it knows what yeah you it doesn't like. give a shit it's just like you're an alive thing i have to like you are something that is not me i'm going to destroy it yeah <sighs> yeah they, re- they really do go straight with murdering anything that isn't their kind well, and I think that's the big fear of normal aliens, like something like Independence Day or Mars Attacks. Where, like aliens are scary to people because they're smarter and more well equipped than us, and don't care that we're alive. Mm-hmm. Like that's the big fear of aliens. But normally, that comes in like a technologically superior, like philosophically more intelligent being. That's like, why would we have you waste resources? You mm-hmm. are clearly not as advanced as us. Like that's one type of fear. But it's being 
more in line with a, an animal fear, but like humans are afraid of animals because we, you know, we they're unpredictable and they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. But we can control them. We can kill them. They are prey. Yeah. This thing is not. This thing is a predator. Like this thing is be- it's seemingly more intelligent than mm-hmm. these people are. It's faster, it's stronger, and it's way deadlier. And it's bigger. And they conceivably cannot find a way that it can die. Yeah. Like, they have no idea to kill it. Obviously, they're in a freighter, so, like, they don't have guns. Mm -hmm. You know, the best they can do is flamethrow it and try to, like, suffocate it, freeze it, and blow it out into space. Well, and for all they know, it also has acid blood. Yeah, exactly. Burn through the ship, kill, killing them as well. Yeah, and then the big thing is they're like, okay, well, we could set it on fire, but they're like, we don't know if fire hurts it. Yeah. Like, it's like the things from A Quiet Place where they are invincible and you have no idea how to stop them. Mm-hmm. So you just have to run around stalling, trying to figure out how to get rid of it or to get you away which is just buying time until it finds and kills you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like the thesis of every single like horror game, like especially in the last couple of years, that is all about you trying to do something before something that you can't kill or stop kills you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alien has isolation. It has its own horror yeah, game. It does. <laughs> And obviously so, because it started that whole thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're in this big ship, eventually by yourself. You know, stuff is happening. You don't know where this thing is. It's killed all of your crewmates. And you don't know, like, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, the best you can do is escape in a pod and blow the ship up and hope that it stayed there while you killed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and hope that it's not in your pod with you. Yeah, exactly. And it's so good at camouflage. Because Mm -hmm. of the way that it looks, like... It's that perfect blend of, like, organic meets mechanical. Because its body looks like a natural machine. Like, Mm -hmm. it can, if it curls up, it can feasibly hide within this, like, uh, futuristic punk-type aesthetic. uh, Because of how, like, it's it's all rigid. It's covered in, like, weird spikes. And Mm -hmm. it's it's black. It looks like it could be something Yeah, like pipes. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's cylindrical. It's, like, made out of, like, cylinders. Covered in... I think the best way is just to think about, like, a big pill casing covered in spikes. <laughs> That's what a xenomorph looks And it's got a big old tail. Yeah. And four legs, and I've made a xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it's... And obviously the scariest thing about any horror movie is the fear of death. And mm-hmm. any, you know, survival-type horror movie, like Jaws, is you don't know where it is, for the most part, what it looks like or what it can do. So, like, this movie, I mean, the alien is the scariest thing about it, but it's not, like, a sort of thing where once you see it, it's no longer scary. Mm-hmm. It's more scary. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, I was glad when I just thought it was this, like, black shape that, you know, didn't do anything. Um, yeah, we talked about the chestburster for sure. Yeah. Um, and how everyone always thinks their way through it. You know, it's a very sort of smart, written movie like mm-hmm. the guy that wrote it i had him up on uh on imdb this guy dan o'bannon who wrote the screenplay i don't know if he did it with uh not sigourney river ridley scott, scott um or just on his own but like he's written all the alien stuff uh he wrote the alien versus predator movies also like just the alien mm-hmm. like inspired by yeah uh he also wrote total recall interesting awesome it's, it's you want to talk about good sci-fi movies it's like that's Cyberpunk 2077, like, in the 80s. With like, I mean, it's, it's an remake. awesome movie. Uh, the original, I haven't seen the remake with Colin Farrell. The original is awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he also wrote Return of the Living Dead. So he's got both the horror elements and the sci-fi, and he put them together perfectly for this. And like you said, Ridley Scott directed it, and obviously Ridley Scott's one of the most prolific directors ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made Blade Runner again with the. I think the he might. I think he might have actually recycled a lot of stuff, like set wise from mm-hmm. Alien for Blade Runner. I would believe that. Uh, he's done like Thelma and Louise. He did uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Uh, he's he's kind of like Spielberg, where like it's a huge, massive, epic movie, and then you look and you're like, oh shit, he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, or like uh, what's the guy? Um, James Cameron, same That's way. That's right. Yeah. Uh, like he, this guy, he also did the uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings movies. Like he does a lot oh, of that sort of like yeah. he goes for visual mm-hmm. like thrill while the movie's still being like a drama. Mm-hmm. So like he he's a big proponent of that fact. I would say that. He would probably believe that horror is drama with higher stakes. Which I tend to agree with. And I think that's why it should not be in a comedy category at the Oscars, if at the Oscars at all. Yes. Moving on. (laughs) Gotta love award shows and horror. Whatever. I actually, actually, you know, we're being positive. (laughs) We'll get into that some other time. Maybe around award season we'll have some fun with that. I thought we were going to be positive. We have bonus episodes to do whatever we want. Oh, so we don't have to be positive on bonus episodes. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Which is great, because then if we talk about like a new movie that we see that's fucking horrible, we can just be like, this movie's just garbage. Yeah, we can be real with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we have the new segment, um, which is just the whole show, but it's our like return to form. Mm-hmm. Danny, why is Alien good, and why should people see it? So, I think part of... The reason that people keep coming back to Alien, not only that it has such iconic scenes like the chestburster scene, and it has such a stacked cast with Sigourney yeah. Weaver, John Hurt, and um, what's his name from Lord of the Rings? Ian Holm. Ian Holm. Um, it just has... Two of those actors are dead. Two yeah. out of the three are unfortunately deceased. R.I.P. guys. <laughs> uh, but this movie has such a good flow, I think is the biggest thing, because... Once the horror starts, it doesn't completely take over and become a different movie. But it's constant. And it's constant, yeah. yeah. So the build is constant throughout it until the very end. Mm-hmm. Because, um, what am I trying to say? Aliens awesome? I mean, yeah. But... <laughs> you should see it. Uh-oh. Like it's, again, like once we get to The Shining, it'll be one of those movies that like you should see because it's a fantastic piece of art. Yes, it's also a great horror movie, mm-hmm. but like it's not as like it's not jump scare scary and like yeah, it's no, horror, I think it's but a not more scary. true thriller horror. Yeah, because like I feel like anyone could watch this movie and make it through. Yeah, it oh, will absolutely. scare you, but it won't turn you away no. because of the scares. Well, and it's definitely not overly gory. No. It's very realistic in what it does, yeah. and it's very um, solid throughout. Mm-hmm. It's not going to lose you in the middle because they're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Something is always happening with this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's moving progressively. Nothing is just for the sake of filler. Yes, which is, I mean, you don't see that very often. I mean, they don't, they don't try to really, really hammer in background, mm-hmm. like, or not really background, like the, you know, specific like backstories. Yeah, like backstory. The, I'm searching for a word um, <laughs> that is. It's basically just backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, I'm an idiot. Uh, exposition is there the word I'm go. looking for. They don't just go downtime, guys. Time for some exposition. Like it just appears when it has to. And, and it feels natural. Yeah. And by the end, again, like I didn't, I didn't realize until we rewatched it that 
the alien is arguably like the secondary plot of like this big mystery. Yeah. And you know, like this like slowly uncovering like you what, know what how screwed you are. Actually wants. Yeah, yeah, and like how screwed you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like from the you know from the chestburster, like okay, how much are we screwed? And just it consistently going higher and higher and higher. Yeah. Because they check for their odds at the beginning, and they're like, they're not good. And by the end, they're like, why are you alive still? Yeah. Well, and I think something that anyone listening right now should do, whether they've seen the movie or not, I think a really big, important piece of cinema is the trailer to this movie. Oh, I'm glad you brought the trailer up. Because it has absolutely no dialogue except for sometimes the tagline is read aloud. And, Danny, what's the tagline? What's the incredibly terrifying tagline of Alien? The tagline for Alien is simply, in space, no one can hear you scream. Fuck. Which is (laughs) horrifying. Like, did you just get chills? Because you should have. And hearing that in the... You know, after... I mean, we'll play some of the trailer at the end. Yeah, we're gonna have some of the music from the trailer with the... Because it's just, it's just a blaring. building siren and, you know, imagery of people running from something mm-hmm. and, you know, all this stuff. And then in the normal, like, in back in the day, the theatrical trailer, where they, normally they would give you the tagline and then they would give you the title, but they would used to have announcers that did it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, you have that whole trailer and then it cuts to complete silence, which is a blank screen of full of stars. And it's, like, there are, start to show up... a a random arrangement of straight lines yes that fade in slowly one at a time to spell the word alien mm-hmm. and as it's saying that it's just a flat voice in space no one can hear you scream like oh it's shit terrifying if you can I yeah if it. you can find like the theatrical theatrical trailer like where they say that in it that's even scarier mm-hmm. like oh god it's so good I mean, and the uh, the poster is super iconic. It's just the egg cracking, and like, mm-hmm. um, I think it's the alternative. Uh, I, th- I may be thinking of a different movie, or maybe Aliens, or maybe it's just another tagline. But it's something to the effect of like, life's primary motive is to survive, or something mm-hmm. creepy like that. Where it's like, it, it literally the whole thing is just horror biology, yeah, and not like in a body horror way, like in a way that it's. The scariest thing about the alien is how different it is from you mm-hmm. and how much better it is at killing you. Yes. <laughs> and more well-equipped to do it is than you. Mm-hmm. Like, the fucker probably sees in the dark. Yeah. You know, like, that's just the... Cats, that's our luck. Cats do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. they're a superior predator in, in that way. <laughs> it's true. All right, you have anything else about Alien? I mean, the only other thing I can say is go see it. Man, yeah, it's on if HBO have, Max right now. Yeah, if you have any chance to see it, if you're more scared of movies than your average person, maybe watch it during the day and not at night. Yeah. If you're more incl- inclined to enjoy a horror movie, watch yeah. it at night when there's darkness around you. I would say maybe set an alarm. Like, go to bed at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, either set an alarm or just wake up naturally at maybe, like, 12 o'clock midnight or so. Oh! Because you wake up and you then... you It's day to you, but it's fucking night outs. And then you put that movie oh, on. Oh, that's that'd be terrifying. Yeah, I'd and love you, that. you basically you put yourself in the, um, like in the shoes of. You know what would actually be a, a cool comparison? I didn't even think of because I'm I'm out of touch. This game, this movie, and Among Us have a lot of parallels. 
It's a lot of That's running around really in true. the dark, doing weird menial tasks, waiting for shit to happen. Yeah, and then you get body. more and more afraid. I mean, it, this is, I would say, Among Us and, and The Thing and The Alien are the three Venn diagram. Like, The Thing and Alien together make Among Us. I that's think the, that's really it's true. It's the setting and vibe of Alien in the social environment of the, of the thing, thing, which we'll get to in our um, survival horror, isolation horror Yes, bit. I'm very much looking forward um, to it. Oh, man. The Thing is also awesome. And the I think Thing it's, it's, is my favorite horror. Dude, the Thing fucking rules. And I think it's apt that we're doing isolation horror because, I mean, obviously, we're in isolation. We're still the in The world's pandemic. in isolation. Um, but uh, if you aren't already very scared of that... It could be worse. You could be stuck in an Arctic base with a shape-shifting cockroach alien. Or you could be in space with a acid-blooded alien. Or you could be underwater. I'm very excited Seems to for watch next that. week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. Uh, all the normal things we say tell you. us about what you think tell us what you hate tell us in detail about the movies that you appreciated now that we told you to go watch them yes. <laughs> yeah please let us know if you ever watch the movies because mm-hmm. of something we've said or yeah. if you've just been inclined because you suddenly heard the title yeah. and I mean I would say that this also podcast could be helpful uh, if you are dating or are friends with or really want to be friends with or date Someone who's just a tad scarier than you, um, you can hit him with the, your knowledge of Alien and you know Halloween and other movies we've covered, yes. and give it to them. And be like, no, 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 I, I kind of know what's up. And if they make you watch those movies, you'll be prepared. Yes. <laughs> what's our email, Danny? <laughs> um, our email is squarehorrorpodcast at gmail We can also hear from you through that. That's it for plugs, right? I think that's Do you our have only anything plugs? else. Uh, so. How is it going to... The next couple of weeks are going to be a little weird because we are going to be... Um, I mean, we're on break from school, obviously, but until you come up to me, uh, I don't know what's going to... How yeah. that's going to work. Um, so the next two weeks, I'm still in online classes. Or we both still are, but I'm going to be still staying at my house near campus. Yeah. Matt is going back home. Where the acoustics are better. Where the acoustics <laughs> are fantastic. Yeah, we'll do... Which I can't When you wait come to over over break to. to do that, we'll... Uh, We'll pull that up and we'll do it in the basement. Yes. <laughs> well, because especially because we'll have a very special episode coming up as a break between our uh, between some isolation. Between isolation, um, we're gonna have a Danny birthday edition of Square Horror. We're going to have a nice little conversation about one of my favorite movies oh, yeah. of all time. Oh yes, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two. Which does not deserve the hate it gets, but oh, I will man. get into that. On no, no, that I, I am a, I am a patient, excited kindergartner sitting in the front row while you <laughs> tell me about it. I know nothing, and I'm expecting nothing but good things. <laughs> so yeah, I'm ready to go. But yeah, if we don't get an episode out next weekend, um, we we know we have, we'll have gotten busy. And <laughs> we'll get there, but um, we have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe, ready to go. Um, after your birthday episode, yes. like we've got a lot more isolation to get into. We've got a very special bonus episode. In the meantime, we might have a uh, off-topic, um, uh, I guess, episode or two, depending mm-hmm. on um, when you get back and when our people are available. Yes. But uh, yeah, and then we'll get right back into um, a brand new theme that I think will dominate the uh, latter half of January. All right. Yeah, man. Thank you.
with that all said and done, you stay spooky <laughs> out there. <laughs>